0: Pray with me. God of our waiting, our longing, help us to hold on to hope for your peace to come. We long to hear the angels sing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to all people. We long to hear your peace proclaimed. Help us to live into your peace by loving our neighbors as ourselves. By seeking nonviolent resolutions, by valuing each life as a gift from you? Grant us your peace in our lives so that during our own struggles and challenges, we know that you are with us. Help us to be peace bearers in our world. In the name of the Prince of Peace, we pray. Amen. Aunt Fidelia brought the rolls with her green bean casserole. The widow Smith down the street dropped by a bowl of butter beans. Plastic cups and silverware, lime green Tupperware everywhere. Past the chicken, past the pie. We sure eat good when someone dies. So sings one of my favorite country folk singers, Good Baptist, Kate Campbell from Alabama. They're not exactly a song of the season. This is one of my favorite songs by this modern prophet from Alabama. I will admit the first time I heard it, I was taken aback. Maybe you were too. Who sings songs in celebration of funeral food? But then I was drawn in by the refrain. Funeral food, it's good for the soul. Funeral food fills you up down to your toes. Funeral food. Funeral food. To get the full effect, you'd have to hear her sing it, but here's the point. Funeral food is so good for the soul, it fills you up down to your toes. Isn't And you know, that's a bit of what we were talking about in the prayer time. When the community comes together and shares a meal, something happens. Isn't there a deep, deep truth here? Doesn't comfort food fulfill a healing role when we're hurting, when we're suffering loss, when we're feeling lost and alone, longing for a home? What are some comfort foods for you? That's a real question. What are some comfort foods for you? What? Pop-tarts. Pop-tarts. Okay, that's a modern, (laughs) more modern version. Mac and cheese. cheese. Well, comfort food. What's your spaghetti, spaghetti. Spaghetti. chocolate chip cookies, spaghetti, chicken soup, soup. cereal. Cereal. (laughs) Good bowl of cereal. Well, you get the idea. Comfort food. How do they fill your soul, down to your toes? Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, and cry to her that she's served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from God's hand double for all her sins. Thus cries the prophet from the very beginning of of what's called Second Isaiah. See, more than 150 years in his world have passed since the cream of Judah's leadership was skimmed off into Babylonian exile. Now a return to the homeland is playing out. It's a new day with new hopes and new possibilities. The people are headed home. In the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, the ancient prophet excoriated the people of Jerusalem, of Judah, for their bad behavior and for their disloyalty to the covenant with Yahweh. John Holbert writes, 8th century BCE, Isaiah majors in prophetic assault, lambasting Israel for any number of appalling sins centered mainly around their complete refusal to care for the poor, the widow, the stranger, the foreigner, and the orphan. He continues, reading 8th century Isaiah is to take a bath in religious condemnation from prophetic people who knew that Yahweh was furious with the chosen ones for their continual and unfailing inabilities to follow the divine will and the way. Merry Christmas. Now a prophetic voice is raised from the school of Isaiah, proclaiming a different order. The days of exile are over. God has not forgotten her people. There is hope on the horizon. Comfort is offered. The food that will nourish the soul and nurture God's people into following God's way. Now whether or not God actually punished her people by totally disrupting their lives and sending them off into exile, that is with intentionality, we know that such a disruption did happen and that it is difficult, disorienting, depressing, destructive, painful when it happens even if we have never been an exile refugee or an immigrant ourselves we know something of what it's like to be cut off to be separated from something or someone we love to experience loss Holbert again writes of us modern folk I think we are, in fact, exiles from our homes and from our hope. Our home is in God, he writes, God who calls us to love our neighbor, to care for the poor, to serve the very least of these. Our hope is in the call and the presence of that God, not in our GNP, our stock portfolios, our well accoutred selves. We are in exile in more ways than we can enumerate. And we are probably in exile in more ways than we know or understand, if the truth be told. How about you? In this season of Advent, where does the jingle and the jangle of the holiday season touch your last nerve? Where does rampant consumerism leave you cold? Where do the pressures to perform to live up to others' expectations of what the season ought to be about leave you hungering for something more? Where are you in need of comfort? And where do you find it? Is it possible That the light of the world might be speaking over that last high mountain. What does hope crest? Where does it crest? On your horizon. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, God comes with might, and her arm rules for her. Her reward is with her, and her recompense before her. What a stirring image. God comes with might to make all right. Gabriel blows the trumpet. The heavenly choir sings at full volume. It's a powerful picture of the grandeur of God. Enemies will be laid low and the glories of the people's past will be fully restored. Here are thoughts of power and glory of vindication and victory. Clearly the good guys are going to conquer the bad with God on their side. Yes? Only the passage doesn't end with God riding at the head of an angel army on a snow white horse to judge and to destroy. See, God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Yes, but how? She will feed her flock like a shepherd. She will gather the lambs in her arms. And carry them in her bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Not exactly what those ancient Judeans or we living here and now were expecting to hear, is it? The power of God, you see, is not in might, rather, it is in steadfast love. Ironically, the might of God is compassion, the, the armor of God is grace. The fortress of God is comfort. Speak tenderly. That is literally speak to the heart. No trumpets blaring or armies marching. The angel choir sings its lullaby over a stable in Bethlehem to celebrate the birth of a poor peasant child. Glory to God in the highest, And on earth, peace, peace, goodwill to all. It seems to me that we will have a great difficulty living as God's people and serving God's purpose if our hearts are in turmoil. Some significant measure of comfort, of shalom, of peace and well-being Is necessary if we are to join in bringing about God's beloved community. The prophet does not promise that suffering, pain, and death will disappear. There is no claim that all disruption and difficulty will vanish if we are good girls and good boys, if we make the naughty and nice uh, the nice list rather than the naughty list. God is not keeping a list of who's naughty or nice. God comes again and again and again to embrace with steadfast love, to feed her flock on comfort food, to carry us when we need to be carried, and to lead us with tenderness otherwise to our home and the beloved community. Another of my favorite folk singers, the Quaker sage, Carrie Newcomer, also has a wonderful song about comfort food. It's called Betty's Diner. Anybody heard that besides me? I recommend it to you. you. You know it? Comfort food? Uh, huh? Yeah. Oh, you know Carrie Newcomer, right? Yeah. Wonderful song about comfort food. It's called Betty's Diner. And it describes the sanctuary found in an all-night diner by a motley crew of God's children who gather there nightly in a kind of crazy quilt community. Not unlike Fairview. Here the comforter is a waitress named Miranda. Again, you need to hear newcomers sing the song to get the full effect, right, Jim? You need to hear it. But she begins... Miranda works the late-night counter in a joint called Betty's Diner. Chrome and checkered tablecloths, one steamy windowpane. She got the job that shaky fall, and after hours she'll write till dawn. With a nod and a smile, she serves them all. And then the refrain. Here we are, all in one place the wants and wounds of the human race. Despair and hope sits face to face when you come in from the cold. Let her fill your cup with something kind, eggs and toast like bread and wine. She's heard it all, so she don't mind. Verse by verse, we get a glimpse of the cast of characters who come in from the cold, each with her story, each with his need, all are served. Kindness, compassion, the comfort food of midnight communion. You never know who will be your witness. You never know who grants forgiveness. Look to heaven or sit with us. Here we are all in one place, the wants and wounds of the human race. Despair and hope sit face to face when you come in from the cold. Let her fill your cup with something kind, eggs and toast like bread and wine. She's heard it all, so she don't mind. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly. Speak to the heart of healing, wholeness, and home. In our own time of disruption and difficulty, of disturbance and disappointment, of destruction and despair, let us not lose hope that God is coming, that the glory of God will be revealed, that the word will be made flesh in this season of waiting, watching, wondering. Let's pile the table high with comfort food that feeds the heart and soul and fits us to be God's people, living out God's love and compassion, God's peace and goodwill wherever we find ourselves. In this Advent, let's commit ourselves to being the people God made us to be. And needs us to be. Amen.